Well, good morning. Good morning again. New mercies. Great is his faithfulness. God is a good God, a loving God, and a caring God. And we're so thankful to be here today. If you would open up your Bibles, let's go to um, the Gospel of Mark. Right straight, let's get to the word. Chapter 2, uh, beginning at the first verse, I'll read the first 12, ver the, the 12 verses there. In chapter 2, when Jesus had come back to Capernaum several days afterwards, it was heard that he was at home. Verse 2, and many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door, and he was speaking the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four men, being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed a roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. Verse 5, and Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 8, immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk. But so that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet and go home. And he got up immediately, picked up the pallet went out in, in the sight of everyone so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Wow. Wow. Being unable to get to him, to get to Jesus because of the crowd, verse 4 says, they removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. God does intervene. We, say, we sang that song, we said, uh, new mercies I see, mercies every morning, God does intervene. He intervenes in our life. Life is full of transition. Transition, transitions, plural, and interventions. And uh, when I uh, looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary, trans transition is defined as an act or process from one state, one stage, place, 
or subject to another. That's transition. And intervention speaks of an action taken to improve a situation. And indeed, there was some action taken in this text that these four men, they had the faith. They knew Jesus was up to something, that Jesus was doing some wondrous and miraculous things. And they had the faith to bring this paralytic. Couldn't get in the doors, but they lowered him down. They, they lifted up that rooftop and lowered this paralytic down. So in our, but we, we have in our life, I mean, our, whole, our lives, your life, my life, our life is an, a journey. And in our journey of life, an intervention can lead us to transition our lives into a new focus. Transition our lives into a, a new hope and transition our lives into a new purpose. We can examine our lives and find interventions leading to transitions that have effect not only in our current spaces and places of life, but will also affect our past, present, and reorient us, reorient our future, our future journey. We're all facing some sort of transition. Everyone on this earth have been affected by some sort of emotional, physical, mental, or spiritual storm in their life. Can, can I get some hands, hands raised up here? Some storm in our life. And right now we see so much, so much that's happening. So much that's happening in our day and our time. And God has given us breath to, leave, to live. And some of us are concerned about what's happening in this state, what's happening in this region, what's happening across this nation, what's going on in the world. Well, I can tell you now that there's crises and disasters and there will continue to be crises and disasters because we live in a fallen world. And also know this, that there continue, will continue to be diseases. There will continue to be death. There will continue to be infections of all kinds of sorts, fires, raging waters, all happening around us, around our lives. It's like a surround sound all around us. You know, without God's presence, though, we can experience ongoing, ongoing side effects of confusion and chaos in the world order of our lives. In the troubles of life, without allowing the voice of the Spirit of God to guide us, we can aimlessly live void of purpose and goals which God has created for us. The scriptures teach that in the beginning, when we look at Genesis 1, it says God created all things and that he created all things good. Scripture also teaches that God's good creation did not remain that way. In Genesis 3, sin entered. 
Yes. God's creation was literally experiencing grave consequences for that sin. God's creation was marred. God pronounced judgment upon the man and the woman, upon the serpent, upon the creation itself, and upon all kind. So we ought not be surprised of our state of what's going on in this world and in our lives today. Sin has entered in and the whole earth is groaning as a result of sin. Matthew says in the text that when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven you. Notice that Jesus saw their faith. Who's their faith? He saw the faith of the four men. The four men that carried him and lowered him down. He saw their faith because his faith prompted the men to bring this man, an invalid, who could not walk, to bring him to Jesus. Their faith went out to Jesus for healing. And that poses a question for us today. Some of us are looking to the government. Some of us are looking to this institution or another institution when we, for healing, healing in our land, healing in our families, healing in our sin-sick, troubled world. But we need to go to before the Lord. Our Lord rewarded this faith by seeing their faith and then pronouncing the man's sins were forgiven. The great physician, the one that did the first surgery, the great physician, our God, removed the cause before treating the symptoms. And oftentimes, we find in our life, we want God, we're asking God, we're, we're praying and asking God to treat our symptoms. And God says, hmm, no, there's something else that I need to do first. And it's interesting because what we find in this text is that he gave the greater blessing first, the forgiveness of sins. Is it, do I have a witness in the house here in this church that the greatest blessing is the forgiveness of sins? Because truth be told, all have sinned and fallen short. The scripture says, come on, somebody help me. There's none righteous, no, not one. So, Lord, my back is bothering me. I've got this, I got, I, I, I got this physical infirmity. So we see in the text that these four men, I mean, it was a crowd of people in the house, but these four men, lowered this paralytic. And we don't know, we don't necessarily know the status other than the fact that 
He was an invalid. He was a paralytic and couldn't walk. But you notice that the great physician removed the cause before treating the symptoms. He gave the greater blessing first. Are we more concerned with our symptoms rather than our relationship or our addressing the sin issue with God? I have found myself, Robert Turner, at times paralytic because of an unrepentant, unforgiving issue that need to be resolved. At times stuck or in a slump and unable to walk. A spiritual paralytic without capacity to walk out the life of Christ which was created for me. So you may uh, so it, it looks like pretty much everybody walked in here today physically. But spiritually, there might be issues. There's issues that we all have to go before the Lord. And we need to deal with that issue. We need to take that before the Lord with a repentant heart. You know, many are disoriented today because of the effects of COVID-19 and, and, and the new Delta variant. Some of you are beginning already to sign up for the booster shot. I'm going to get the booster shot. You may not get the booster shot. But this COVID pandemic and this strain, and, 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 and we have so much conversation about that, and, and it's a serious issue. Some of you are in the debates of whether I should wear a mask or not wear a mask. But we don't talk much about our own, the pandemic that's facing us, that's loud and clear, and that is the sin pandemic that must be addressed. Notice the four men, they were carrying this parallel to Jesus. You see, they had heard of the wonderful things Jesus was able to do, and they decided to carry their paralyzed friend to him. And when they arrived at the house, the house was so crowded, they found it impossible to get near Jesus. Sometimes in the crowds of our life and the spaces and places and where we go in life and, and sometimes even in the, 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 the crowdedness that you can face, I mean, coming to church and going to work and just, just, just out there. We have to be mindful that we are conscious to make whatever the necessary maneuvers or adjustments that need to be in your life or my life to get to the feet of Jesus. The four men found it impossible to get to, to near Jesus because there was a lot of crowd. There was so many crowd. There was so many people in the house. The noise. Everything that's going on, sometimes you got to push through another way to get in. The four men decided that since they could not bring their friend to Jesus through the front door, I don't know if it was a side door or back door or whatever, but I know that the text says that they, they couldn't get through the door. They brought him through the roof. They took the roof, cut it, they cut, they cut out in the roof and let him down at the feet of Jesus. 
oh, this is an evangelical church. We say we're believers in Christ. How willing are we? Mm. And this is where we need to repent. Because some of us, we're so engaged in the discussions of all the troubles of the world, and we forget one of the greatest things that we can do is to carry people and bring them to the feet of Jesus. Because he's the one that forgives sins. He's the one that loves, and he indeed is the great healer. Some of us are and rightfully so. We're broken with all of the, the biasness and the divisions and the racism and the, all the different kinds of stuff. Some of us, I mean, we, are, we say we, are, we believe in Jesus Christ, but many of us, we're putting our, Trump, our, our trust in some, some, some political or some kind of institution when we need to be putting our trust in Christ and bringing people to the feet of Jesus. Well, I want you to know that when, the, that when Jesus saw their faith, he responded at once. Somebody say, God intervenes. Because God did intervene. When Jesus saw their faith, faith. How much faith do we have? We can do all of this gossip and talk about what's happening. How much have you and I brought it to Jesus and see him do the miraculous? See him do, he's the one that can heal our land. He's the one that is gathering you and sending you out. What is this conference called that you have here? Expand. See, Jesus wants to forgive us of our sin. He wants to heal us because he wants us to be more effective and he wants to expand the territory that we're used to serving in. Oh, no, there's nothing new under the sun. God is still intervening. And I believe that he wants to break through in an intervention in this new month that you're about to face like you've never seen before. But only those who are yielded mm, and have a heart to bring others to the feet of Jesus will experience this. Spirit of living God, fall fresh on us. When the man was let down, the text says, in front of him, I'm talking about the capital H, Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God, fully man and fully God. When the man was let down in front of him, Jesus began by saying something that was surprising. Hmm. He did not say anything. You don't read anything in Mark's text or Matthew's text or in the Luke text. You don't hear anything said uh, um, about the man's paralysis first. 
the very first thing that you hear is, be of good courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Can we say that together? Your sins are, we can do better than that. Your sins are forgiven. That's the first thing. That's what came out of the mouth of Jesus. It seems a strange way to start. But there was a good reason why. It was the belief of the Jews that all sickness and misfortune were due to sin. Hmm. Hmm. When he knew that his sins were forgiven, he was healed. Oh, y'all don't know. You don't know. My mother and a mother at her church worked on me for three days. They said, Robert, you need to, you're a sinner. You need to repent of your sin. And you need to give your life to Christ. You need to receive Christ and he will forgive your sins and start a new life in you. Oh, that was my point of salvation. Y'all just don't know. My mother worked on me three days. I don't know if it was three nights, but I know that I ended up going to my closet that was in my room that I grew up as a kid. And here I was a grown man. And there I received the forgiveness of sin when I repented of my sin. But that's salvation. But then there's the day to day. We sang that song in worship. New mercies I see. Then rise up this morning and to go before the Lord and ask for forgiveness of my sin. This day, I received new mercy. I don't know about you, but let me say this. Jesus knew exactly what those scribes were thinking. I mean, he knew that because you understand that when this individual, the paralytic man, when he knew that his sins were forgiven, he was healed. But as soon as Jesus said this to the man, do you know the enemies of Christ Jesus began to criticize him? They were saying to themselves, no one can forgive sins except God. This Jesus is insulting God by claiming to do what only God can do. Who do he think he is? Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he decided to put the event in a most practical test. He said, it is, this is Jesus saying, he said, it is your belief that if a man is ill, he must have sinned, isn't it? They could not deny that. So Jesus he continued speaking. He said, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? They had no answer for that one. Then Jesus said to the man, then Jesus said to the man, then Jesus said to the man, get up, lift up your bed, 
and go away home. And he did. The scribes were baffled because on their own admission, the man could not be cured until he was forgiven. Now he had been cured, and therefore they had to admit that he must have been forgiven. It's interesting what Jesus did. He came to this man and in essence was saying, you committed a sin long ago. You have worried about it all your life until you have worried yourself into paralysis. You think that God is angry with you, but he is not. He wants nothing more than to forgive you. Look to your neighbor and say, he wants nothing more than to forgive you. Forgive us of our sins. Yes, God is a God of judgment, but also he's a God of mercy. He's a God of love, and he forgives. So I don't know what your yesterday was like. I don't know what earlier this morning was like, but know that he forgives. He loves you. This lifted such a weight off his mind. You see, God intervenes. Jesus worked this miracle by telling this man about the miracle of the forgiveness of God. So much has been done. So much evil has taken place in our nation, in our country from the very beginning. And so much has taken root. And the scripture says the heart of man is wicked. And so many because, oh, I got a nice house. I'm in the suburbs. I got my I, I, I got this and I got that. But you know something? Oh, many of us are paralyzed in our lives for being the man and the woman or the, the person that God has created us to be and what he's called and so destined and so purposed in our life. I'm, 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 I, I realize I can't make up the time, but I sure can get cleansed and forgiven and start anew each and every day because of the mercies of God. God intervenes, and Jesus indeed did this miracle. We can never be fit in body until we are pure in heart, renewed in our minds. I used to use this line, and I was recently um, put in check. You know, you can use this line. God knows my heart. Anybody use that line? Somebody trying to, you know, mess with you or say something to you? Or maybe somebody got a word that they're trying to uh, say, God knows my heart. Well, yeah, he knows my heart. But where's my mind? My mind is not always on the things of Christ. He's given us a mind. And in their mind, it's intellect. Some of us, we know, we know a whole lot about the scriptures. You know a whole lot about the scriptures. I mean, I've got a master's degree going to seminary. I've got books out of the yin-yang. You can have all the knowledge, but still not have the mind of Christ. 
and say, and if somebody say, well, the Lord knows my heart. I should have done this. I should have. I was, God knows my heart, but my mind, I'm not functioning with the mind of Christ. Moving through with the mind of Christ, my brothers and sisters, gives us, you and I, post-paralytic living. Did you hear me? Let me say it again. Moving through with the mind of Christ gives us post-paralytic living. The Lord told us after he healed this paralytic man, after, after he had forgiven him his sins, and there was a healing that took place, he told him to get up and go home. I believe he hurried up, up on, he went on. And I know he had a testimony. Some of us, we're living paralyzed lives. Paralyzed spiritual lives, stuck because we have not given it all to the Lord and repented. And we're not determined to just not have a heart, but we're determined to have a mind, a mind of Christ. Isn't it supposed to be heart, mind, and soul? Anybody here? Christ's voice reminds us when we have sinned, the miracle of God's love forgives us. We could have never known God is like that unless Christ had come to live on this earth, to suffer, to shed his blood on the cross. Somebody just say amen. To die, to be bruised for our transgressions, our chastisement upon him. He died. He shed his blood for you and I and for all of those who you're called to expand. Not only that, he rose on the third day. And the same power that rose him from the dead is the same power that's going to give, he's given us to expand the territory of what he created us to live, to do, and to be. So I don't know about you, but I leave this place today knowing that it has all been demonstrated, the intervention of God has been demonstrated through the love of God and the forgiveness that he gives us of our sin. Can I get an amen? In the space of the noise and circumstances of our lives, God can intervene and does intervene. I don't know what's troubling you. I don't know what you may feel that you lack. I don't know what you think you may need. And I don't know if, it, if it's a, a wrestle of having it your way, but I know one thing. God can intervene, and we must all surrender. Let's stand. We must surrender and say, Lord, have your way in my, in my life. The Lord is doing a new thing here at this Calvary Church. Even the worship has changed. As Jim Taylor said, there's a lot going on. 
God is at work. So don't get stuck about what's happening in this nation and what's happening. Just know this, that we can carry people. We can carry them and tear the roof off the sucker. Let them, let them down before the feet of Jesus. But we too, we need to come before the feet of Jesus. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness of our sin. Lord, we need you to do a breakthrough in and through us. We need your forgiveness, your healing, the miraculous work that only you can do. And Lord, rise us up by your spirit to be the man and women, the young boy, young girl that you want us to be. Despite the circumstances of peer pressure, despite even what the world is saying, Lord, it's not about politics. It's about you. It is with the mind of Christ that we can have a right peace and purpose as we transition through this ever-changing, broken world. Sin is running its course. We live in a sin-sick world, and we need the love, the forgiveness of Jesus. Remember, God can intervene for you today, and God does intervene. Blessings to you intervention of our Lord and Savior in your life. Amen. 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 Amen.